I've actually got a word that I feel like God's put on my heart, like a prophetic word for this house, if that's okay. I'm going to start out by sharing a quick story. Are there any golfers here? Anyone play golf in the room? Okay, there are a few. Good. I like you all already. So I love golf. Golf is my, my preferred sport. I love sport in general. But when I was younger, in high school and college, I'd play a lot of golf. And I would go to the practice range a lot. And, you know, I had, had a membership at a club and I'd play a lot of golf. And I was trying to, I was trying to get good. And I got, I got decent. But one of the things I would go to, I had a, I was friends with the guy who owned a driving range and I'd go to this driving range really often, like most days, because my university was across the road. So it just worked out perfectly. And whenever I went to the driving range, there would be this one guy every day without fail. He was probably there for two or three, three hours every day. And he was just practicing just over and over and over. And this guy, he, he got a pretty good swing. Like I saw him from the, when he first started playing golf to maybe a couple of years after practicing every day. And he got quite decent. And then because he was going so frequently, the owner of the driving range organized this little mini golf day with like a few of the locals. And so I got invited and this guy also got invited. And when he got invited, he suddenly got all freaked out because he never played on a golf course. He went to the driving range every day for a couple years, but he had, I think he had been on a golf course once before that. And now he was going to play with like a bunch of guys who are pretty decent. And he was so nervous. And he got on this golf course. And honestly, he was terrible. But, but on the driving range, he was brilliant. But on the golf course, he was terrible. And I felt like God say that this house is a house where it's not about the practice. It's not just about playing it safe and being on the practice range, but you're going to be a people who get out there and do it. You're going to be a people who are so used to being on the golf course, you feel so comfortable. And I feel like this is an apostolic house. And I, I, I wrote something out last night. I'm just going to read it. And I think it, it ties into that analogy. But I see a new apostolic mandate falling upon this church. This is a house with a foundation of prayer. And those prayers have been heard. And this is a season of accelerated answers to prayer, both new and old. This church has a beautiful sense of community, which is and will remain one of its strengths. However, this is not why new people will come. I see new people coming because the presence of God is here and they want to taste of and experience the reality of who God is. I see a renewed emphasis on the equipping and sending out of the saints. This currently is, but will dramatically increase being a church where the believers, the congregants, the attendees, that's you all will be the ones who are changing culture, the world around you, the people you interact with as you walk in a renewed awareness of your union with Christ in the ongoing powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. The saints are rising up. The saints are starting to look more like the stature of the fullness of Christ. Revival will come through the saints. This is a church of lovers who love and you love him in his presence and you love those around you. 
You're an apostolic church of people that go. And I feel like this, the, the church is a beautiful place. Like we love Sunday services and weekly meetings. This is a beautiful place where you come and you get equipped and you get activated. It's like it's being on the driving range. This is a time where you come and you, you get to learn. But then we go out of these doors and we put into practice the things that we've learned. And each one of you, you, you carriers of the presence of God. Every one of you host the presence so well. You're temples of the Spirit of God. And rivers of living water flow out of you. And those rivers of living water are what are going to change the world around you. And I see all of you stepping into the reality that you're sons and daughters of the King. You are royalty and you get to use your authority out there to change culture and to change the world. Now there's something really beautiful about Idaho. Like there's something, there's, there's a freedom about this place, right? Like that's why so many of you are here and so many people are moving here. And I see you doing the same thing in the spirit. Is bringing a freedom in the spiritual realm. There are people in your world, in your workplace, who are struggling with anxiety and depression and sickness. You have the keys inside of you. You have the solution. You have the answers. And while inviting them to church is a great solution, it's not actually the answer. The answer is Jesus. And you have Jesus with you. And you get to reveal Jesus through your daily walk with Him, through your actions. You also get to reveal Him through your words. And you get to reveal Him through the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. And I just see Caldwell, I see Treasure Valley being significantly impacted. And I see many of you coming here. This is going to be a base. And you're getting equipped and you're going. And I love, I felt really prophetic about the sending out today of that family there's going to be more of that. And not just ascending out to different places, but you are going to be equipped and you're going out into your workplace. And you're going into your family. This is an apostolic house. And apostolic just means that we, we go. We don't just come and, and congregate. But we come and we get equipped and we get filled and then we go. And that's who you are. Every single one of you, that is who you are. You're a people that go. And you have the privilege of being a part of a body and a church that is equipping you to go. So let's not just be a people who practice on the driving range for years and don't know how to actually get out there on the golf course. Let's be a people who get out there. Put into practice the things that you've learned. Amen? Good. Come on. So I want to just, I'm just going to share a few things that God's been doing with me lately. And it's, it's tender. <laughs> so forgive me in advance if I do cry and have some awkward moments. But I, I feel okay. I just want you to know that I feel okay. If, like, you don't have to feel for me. They're not sad tears. They're not happy tears. They're just God tears. But the Lord has been been showing me, I think at the beginning, it was this last summer, so like August, September of last year, he started speaking to me about new beginnings and this being a new season. 
And one of the ways he showed me this, like God speaks to me in random ways, like through, through images, through visions, through pictures, like just in my imagination. And, and sometimes through dreams and, and different ways. But I was, I was driving home from work and I decided just to pull into this, this parking lot and just look out into this field. And I was sitting there and just spending time with the Lord. And I closed my eyes and I just had this very brief encounter where I felt like I went to heaven in my, in my imagination. And the Lord picked a daffodil flower and gave it to me. And I was like, cool. Like, well, I don't know what that means. And I went home and I looked up what is the meaning of a daffodil. And it's, the meaning is new beginnings. And so I, I knew, like, wow, this is a, a season of new beginnings for me. Like that really impacted me. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. And then we've had like a number of different things happening. Um, so random. This is the r most random thing. So in August 2018, like a, a prophetic lady in our church, she gave me a word that was recorded on Bethel TV. And she started out saying, this is a season of unveiling. This is a season of new beginnings for you. And I was like, well, that's, that's cool. You know, it, it felt great. In that moment, August 2018, I was like, that's amazing. I received that beautiful. Well, then just two weeks ago, we had a, I lead a revival group. And in that revival group, I have 55 students, first year students, and we meet every week. And it's just a fun time. Like God always shows up and it's just cool. And we had a guest, another lady in my church, in our church. She came in and I had been dreaming about this, this time. And I'd been spending time with the Lord and just praying and asking him, like, what do you want to do in this time? And I felt like he was just wanting to touch me. And even though like I'm leading the meeting for my students and it was for them that I brought this guest in, it wasn't about me. I just knew that he wanted to touch me. And she spoke things over me and it was all in, in line with being new beginnings and like a new commissioning time and all of that. And then I think just a day or two later, Bethel TV on Instagram repost that prophetic word that was given to me in August 2018 about being a season of new beginnings. Like that's wild, right? I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't even know it was recorded. Why, in, within three years, many prophetic words have been released from stage. Why would they choose that one to post on their Instagram at that time? But I think the most significant thing that happened to me when this, this guest came in to our revival group, she prayed over me, and there was something that marked me in that moment. Holy Spirit touched me like I haven't been touched before. And I, I can feel that same presence now. It was just so, so sweet. It was so, so beautiful. And before I was, I think I was driving or I'd woken up that morning and God said to me, are you willing to let go of dignity today? And when I think of that, I'm thinking, okay, God, you're probably going to touch me and I'm going to be rolling on the floor. I'm going to be shaking. I'm going to be crying. I'm going to make a fool of myself. And that's not me. Like, I'm a dignity kind of guy. 
And so I, but to be honest, I was like, yes, I want you. If, you. if you make me look like a fool, I'm okay with that because I want you, I want a touch from you more than anything else. And you know what it looked like? It just looked like me crying for two hours. Just nonstop, just tears, just streaming down my face. And if that's like losing dignity, I'll take that any day. Like, that's okay. I felt like I got off lightly. But guys, there was something so special about God Almighty, the living God, the same God who created everything, coming and just touching me. And I've, I want to just share a little bit of my journey. Like I've been in church for many, many years. I've grown up in a charismatic church. I've seen Holy Spirit move. I've seen Holy Spirit touch people. And He has touched me, but it's always been in, like with peace. It's always been in, I'm standing there, there's a whole row of people, and like these powerful ministers will come and lay hands on everyone. Everyone's flying, going backwards, falling over, laughing, crying, doing something, and I'm there. Can anyone else relate to that? Oh yeah, come on. And after a while, it gets discouraging, doesn't it? Because we, we do desire more. We do desire more. And my journey with that was, it was honestly a journey of having to overcome disappointment. I came to BSSM where like, God is, it's like revival all the time. Like God is constantly moving. It's just the presence of God is there all the time. And it's wild. If you've ever visited Bethel or BSSM, like God is moving and people are getting touched and the manifestations are sometimes offensive. Like it's, it's crazy. But me? No, nothing. <laughs> and I had to go on this journey of being like, God, I really am hungering for more of you, but I don't want to partner with the disappointment. I, I don't want to focus on what you're not doing. I want to focus on what you are doing. And I, and I had to come to this place where I laid down my need to, to shake or my, for something to happen in my body for me to feel like God was touching me. And when I laid that down and I said, God, I don't, I don't need that anymore. I just want you. I don't care what it looks like. I just want you. When I laid that down, I, I didn't start shaking and all that, but I did. Like sometimes my body does do some weird things and I still don't understand why. And that's okay. I don't need to understand why. Most people who have manifested or something's happened to them, like you, don't, you get up and you're like, I don't know why that just happened. Right? And so it's really, it's really not about manifesting at all. But there is something about desiring the more of God. There's something about not focusing on or we have, the, we have an expectation of, God, I want you to touch me and I need it to look like this. And when it doesn't look like this, we get disappointed and we get discouraged and we get frustrated and we just put these walls up. And I really, I feel like today God is breaking down walls. God's breaking down walls. He's asking you to just lay down any disappointment, any discouragement, any frustration that you may have had. He's saying, please just let it go and just fix your eyes on me. And I always, I tell my, my students every year, I say, I am not impressed with manifestations. Because I'm not, I'm genuinely not. 
If I see someone rolling on the floor, if I see someone pinned to the ceiling, if I see someone crying or laughing, like I'm not impressed by that. I'm impressed by God touching them. I really am. I'm, I love that God is touching them. I, I don't care what it looks like. So if somebody is standing or sitting in their chair and God is encountering them with peace, that is beautiful. That, oh, I love that. You know, Jesus paid a really high price for that. And he wants to. Jesus, what he did on the cross was so that we could be restored into relationship with him. So that we could be rightly related to him and in union with him forever. And the way that we experience this union is through the the presence of the Holy Spirit. And He comes and He lives in us and He makes His presence real. And God wants us to know that He is real. He's not just an idea. He's not just a concept, but He's a reality. He's a real God. He wants to have real intimate relationship with every single one of us. And for some of you, it it looks different to the person sitting next to you. And that's totally okay. But he wants you to experience him. Because when we experience the Holy Spirit, there is something new that takes place. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, there is liberty. There is freedom. In his presence, we get wisdom. We get revelation. In his presence, there is peace. I kind of see it like we're married to Jesus and Holy Spirit is like the kiss. He's the one who makes our intimacy real. He's the one who makes our connection to Him actually feel like something. I love the Holy Spirit. I think I've always said he's my best friend, but now I really mean it. I know more than ever that I need him and I want more of him and I'm not satisfied with just an encounter that I had a couple weeks ago. And I've had, I have had other encounters. I was sharing some of my story and I got distracted. Like through, through my journey at, at BSSM and pastoring at Bethel, like I've had moments where he's encountered me and they've been beautiful. But this moment, it really, it just, I don't know, it felt like it's, it was the start of a new beginning. I felt like it was the, it was the, the fulfillment of the word that was given two and a half years earlier. Because that's what he does. Holy Spirit is always involved. Whenever there's something new, Holy Spirit is involved. If you look at creation, when creation was formed, the Holy Spirit was the one hovering and God spoke and the Holy Spirit acted. I don't think you'll ever find anything in scripture where something new happens and Holy Spirit was not involved. When Jesus 
was conceived by Mary, how did that happen? Holy Spirit came upon her. When Jesus stepped into his ministry, how did that begin? Holy Spirit came upon him. When the church was birthed at Pentecost, how did that start? Holy Spirit came upon them. If we are desiring a new beginning, we need Holy Spirit. And I, and I know, and I feel it, this is, I feel like this is prophetic for this house as well. Like This is a season of new beginnings and it's the Holy Spirit is being poured out on this place. The Holy Spirit is being poured out and He is touching all of you individually. And I just want to encourage you, just stir up your hunger. Even now, just, just be hungry for His presence because He's here and He wants to touch you. And some of you may be sitting there thinking, but uh, uh, you don't know me. If you knew me, or if Jesus knew everything that I've done, or the Holy Spirit knew everything I've done, he wouldn't want to touch me. I promise he knows everything you've done. And he's quite okay with it. You know, when Jesus died and his blood was shed, that blood covered everything you've done. His death, burial, and resurrection has qualified you to receive of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing else that can qualify you. You could have been the best Christian your whole life. That does not qualify you. You could have done all the right stuff, come to church every single week. That didn't qualify you. The only thing, the only thing that can qualify you is what Jesus did for you. Oh, so freeing, right? (laughs) Oh, it's so freeing. Just, just real quick. I know I've shared the story here in, in this church, but it was four years ago, so maybe you've forgotten by now. Let's hope. Um, when Moses was taking the Israelites out of Egypt, there's the story of um, the, the Israelites were really thirsty, and they were grumbling to Moses, saying, we've got no water. You brought us out of Egypt just to kill us and so that we could die out in the desert. And, and so Moses goes to God and he's like, what do we do? Like, sure, we, we really are in the desert and we are thirsty. Can you please give us some water? And so God says to Moses, yes, I'm going to go. There's a rock over there. I'm going to go stand on the rock, take your, take your rod, hit the rock, and water will come out of it. And it's beautiful. Water comes out. Water flows, and they get to drink. And then a little later on in, in Numbers 20, I think it is, we see the same thing happens again. These Israelites, they, they're slow learners, I guess, but... We give them a lot of grace because we're probably slower. And these guys, they go to Moses again saying, same thing, I'm thirsty. What do we do? Exactly the same speech. And now Moses goes to God, and this time it's a slightly different story. God says, I'm going to go, I'm going to be on the rock. And he says, now just speak to the rock. And when you speak to the rock, water's going to flow. But Moses doesn't do that. I think most of us are probably familiar with the story. Moses struck the rock with his rod again. And water did flow because God's super kind. But God did say to Moses, because you didn't listen to me, because you didn't obey me, you can't enter the promised land now. 
And I've always thought that was really harsh of God. You know, he, it was just one thing. Like Moses has followed God religiously and been a really good follower of, of God and, and obeyed him all the way through. And one little mistake, one little mistake, and suddenly he can't enter the promised land. That's harsh. But you know why? Because in 1 Corinthians 10, I think it is, Paul says that the rock represents Jesus. And so when, when Moses struck the rock the first time, it was like it was a representation of the crucifixion. Jesus was dying. And so when Jesus died, it qualified them to be able to receive of the Holy Spirit. The water coming out of the rock represents the water, the, uh, the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus dying qualified them to receive. And so the second time they thirsty, God says, now you don't need to crucify me. All you need to do is speak. It's now relationship. It's now intimacy. Because you have been st- you're now in union with me. And Moses tried to crucify Jesus again, symbolically, metaphorically. And, and God was like, you can't do that. You cannot earn your way into my presence. When you try to earn your way into my presence, you fall from grace. That's what Galatians 5 says. When we try work, try get into his presence through our own strength and try to earn our, our righteousness through our own efforts, he's like, no, 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 no. That's the one thing I will not tolerate. The most glorifying thing we can do is receive his grace freely. And that's what Moses didn't do in that moment. He tried to earn it. He tried to earn the presence. And God was like, nope, sorry. You want to get into the promised land, you get there through my grace alone. And so what Jesus has done for us is enough. It's enough for all of you. And just, by the way, I just feel like God's breaking off anxiety and depression of some people right now. If you've been struggling with anxiety or depression, just, just receive. I just feel like he's, he's releasing you now. In Revelation 21 verse 5, it says that he is making all things new. And behold, he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Behold, I am making all things new. In Ezekiel 47, there's this, this beautiful image where Ezekiel is prophesying of the, the river of God and it's speaking of the presence, the, the life-giving river that flows out of our bellies. You know, where Jesus said, come to me all who are thirsty and drink and I'll give you water and out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. Ezekiel prophesied that in Ezekiel 47. And it speaks of, he, he uses this image where he says, we're going to, we walk down this river and it gets deeper and deeper as we go, as we go further along. It starts out ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, and then it's deep enough for us to swim in. And in Ezekiel 47, it says that wherever this river flowed, there was life. Wherever it flowed, there was life. Wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be very many fish. For this water goes there, that the waters of the sea may become fresh. 
So everything will live where the river goes. That spirit is inside of you. And that's what I'm saying about you being an apostolic house as well, is that when you go, the spirit who is inside of you is going to flow out of you and it's going to make everything alive. How many of you feel like you want a new beginning? Some of you are walking in a new beginning already and it's beautiful. And that's amazing. There's, there's always, like he makes all things new all the time, right? He's always making all things new. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, he has made us new creations. That is, that is powerful. I don't know if you guys realize, but the word new, there is not just like I, I was I was broken or I was dirty and now he's just made me look the same but clean. It's, it's not that. It's not like I had an old pair of shoes and now I get a new pair of shoes the same. That word new, it's, it's uh, I can't remember the word, the Greek word, but it's a good word. But it, it's, a, it's an altogether new. It's like a completely different creature. We, we don't look the same anymore. And that's who we are as, as now we come to Jesus and we're in, we're in new creations. We're, we're one with him, in union with him. We died, our old nature died. Your old nature, by the way, is dead. Your sin nature is gone. You don't have to deal with it anymore. You don't have to try and prove it. It's dead. It's one of the best things about what Jesus did. You know, Adam and Eve messed it up properly for us. And ever since then, there's just been a steady decay all around us. When Jesus came and the Holy Spirit came, it started making things new again. And ever since then, we've been experiencing this newness. And you are new creations. New creations. The old is gone. Your old nature is dead. Forever, forever, forever. It's in the grave. You were crucified with him. You were buried with him. You've been raised with him and you're seated with him in heavenly places. You're all together new. That's who you are. You may not feel it. Your experience may not line up with it. Your behavior may not line up with it. And I encourage you to change how you think about yourself and your behavior will line up with that too. The more we believe who we are, the more we believe the truth of who we are, the more we're going to live it out. The more we're going to see it happen. The more you believe you see it in heavenly places, the more that's going to become your reality and your experience. If you think you're just here, down here, I'm just a sinner, I'm just the scum of the earth, yeah, that's going to be your reality. But that's not who you are. That is not who you are. You're, you're a saint. You're a child of God. There is no higher position than being a child of God. You're a son and daughter of God. So those of you who are wanting experience a new beginning, I just I feel right now that it's God is wanting to touch some people. The Holy Spirit is here and he's wanting to just come and minister to people. And some of you may have never experienced the Holy Spirit before. And that's okay. Some of you may have experienced him through peace 
and that's okay. Some of you may be used to God touching you and maybe you fall over easily. Like It doesn't even matter. All I know is that I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to touch people today. Holy Spirit is here right now and He is wanting to touch people. He is wanting to make things new in your life. He's wanting to make things new in your families. He's wanting to make things new around you in your workplace. He's wanting to make things new in the city. You can't do it alone. <laughs> Which is quite freeing, but we can't do it alone. We need Him. We really need Him. This is okay. I, if, if you are really hungry just to experience the presence of God right now, the Holy Spirit, and just get like a fresh touch from Him, a fresh baptism of Him, of His presence, would you be so bold as to come down to the front? And I'd love my team, if you guys wouldn't mind, just you, you're going to be the ministry team right now and you're going to lay hands on these guys. If you could just spread out up front 